Good morning, night or noon, friends. This is Sharika Renee Hall, and we are here for another episode of Conversations with Sharika. Of course, I have Jordan here. Hello. We love Jordan. And Kiana, the saxophonist, is off tonight because I have two very special guests. They're very special to me. They are my parents. So. Hey, what is it? What, mama? <laughs> Yay! She, she, she's already messed up everything already. We can't even do anything right here. Pastor, what would you like me to say? Are we Pastor, El, can I can over? I introduce y'all? No, we're not. Here we are, Pastor <laughs> Caruth Hall and Lady Paulette. However, we're gonna take them out of the church context tonight, and they are my mama and daddy, Paulette, and some of the church people, his siblings, and all them still call him Junior. Strap yourself in, folks. Caruth. There you go. And so today we will talk about. Uh, it can be touchy because everybody has something to say about everything concerning pastors and their kids. Um, so today we're talking about nepotism in the church. And Jordan, can you uh, look up the proper definition of nepotism? I like to put Jordan on duty. Do you have the the definition? I surely up? do. Okay, surely, if, go. If he, if he would like, uh, it is a patronage bestowed or, or favoritism shown on the basis of, here it is, family relationship as in business and politics. Well. Quite interesting there. Quite interesting. You said a mouthful. We're going to unpack that. Um, nepotism in the church. And as I have stated with you guys before, my grandparents um, were pretty high up in the church. My grandfather, God bless his soul, God rest his soul, was a bishop and uh, the jurisdictional prelate of the state of Nevada. And my grandmother, Lois Hall, was the first lady. But it didn't stop there because my great-grandmother on my mom's side, Gladys Smith, was like known, a known prayer warrior. She was Methodist. She's Methodist, known prayer, and she was a business owner. She um, she was a beautician, and she owned her own business. And out of her, she had a daughter that does hair, granddaughter that does hair. A lot of my family members do now. So you think about nepotism in business as well, as she was a business owner and a, a mighty prayer warrior in the church. Um, so we'll talk about that. And being a bishop's kid, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, Pastor Hall. Well, it's quite interesting that, uh, which, which if you knew us, the uh, mother is, uh, we share a whole lot of things that, uh, that are alike as far as names of siblings and, and aunts and uncles and things of that nature. But uh, what came to my mind with the backstory, the quick backstory that was just said uh, regarding being a Methodist, my uh, grandfather uh, was actually uh, start came up in the Methodist church, and when he uh, married uh, my grandmother, that's when we became uh, the family became Pentecostal. So uh, with that, it kind of brought that to my to my uh, remembrance. But as far as being a bishop's kid, I have to go back to first thing I was, I was a, just a regular old pastor's kid. And going and growing, I should say, up in the church, it is, uh, it is a uh, difficult, it is very difficult because things are expected as a PK as uh, other than um, other people who may be a, a child uh, to a deacon or, or just someone else in the church. So that was a really uh, scrutinized microscope, if you will, that was placed upon uh, pastors' kids. So as far as, uh, which, which we'll get into it, I'm sure, uh, but as far as uh, it, uh, as far as being a, a, just a, a child of a preacher, there, there's a whole lot, and I'll just say that, there's a whole lot of uh, difficulty that goes along with being a child of a pastor. 
as I'm sure once again that we're going to explore pretty extensively. I'm here for it. Mama. I'm glad you are. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Mama, let's give us a little background about y'all. This is uh, my, st I come from really good stock, y'all. My grandparents, my parents, my great-grandparents, and I'm really excited that they are here on this show so that y'all can see a little bit about me. My personality derives, a little bit of my personality derives from my mama. Saying whatever. Here she is. Paulette, let's give her a hand. Uh-oh, she dancing. I'm going to refrain from that because <laughs> it would uh, bloat her head. Uh, Oops, pretty, bloat her head. Pretty, Oops. pretty large. Hello, everybody. Pretty, pretty I am. Uh-oh, she talking. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did I cut you off? Okay, you go did. ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. But you do that. Yeah. But that's okay. Here we are. Yeah. Hello, But everybody. go ahead, go ahead. I, uh -oh. I don't want to cut you off or anything <laughs> like that. Go ahead, go ahead. You can go now. Jordan, let me know when I can go. You can go. Thank you, Jordan. This is my show, though. But we know Jordan. <laughs> Jordan is production management. Yes, thank you, Jordan. I am Paulette <laughs> Easton Hall, and I'll wait. Jokes, y'all, jokes. Go. Okay, go, go, go. You got it. <laughs> Woman, if you don't go. <laughs> all right, all right. I am Paulette Easton Hall, mother of Sharika, like she said, mother of Jordan. And I'm born and raised here in Las Vegas. Uh, the Gladys Smith was my grandmother and a great evangelist in the state of Nevada, well-known business owner, like Sharika said. And she was also affiliated with Bishop and uh, Mother Hall. That's right. They were prayer warriors together, and she came over a lot to worship with them. And our affiliation came from that. Yes. Um, history. Zion United Methodist Church was originally 911 G Street. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. That is and right. Then, That's yes, right. yes. Hello. And <sighs> then when we bought the, or they bought the bigger church over Ooh. on Revere Street, uh, Pastor gave the church or sold the church to Bishop Hall. Yes. So history. Yeah, isn't that funny how? Uh, What's the pastor? Just was Reverend Bennett. Yes. Yeah. Uh, six degrees of separation. That's so true. God rest who, his soul. Who, as if, well. if I could quickly add to that story, because it is it is pretty uh, pretty unique. Uh, I would say unique in in the way of uh, of, of being a blessing from the Lord. That he, uh, Pastor Bennett, Reverend Bennett, actually saw my mother in the grocery store and asked her, uh, "Were we still looking? Was my father in St. Paul looking for a church at that time?" And he offered to sell the building, as uh, Paulette just said, uh, to St. Paul. So it's, it's, it's funny how the Lord puts you in the right place at the mm -hmm. right time for a blessing. That's the extent of my preaching on the day. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, we grew up at St. Paul on the uh, infamous corner of 911 and G Street. The church had uh, was popular for not just the anointing and the preaching that went forth, but I grew. I'm a choir baby, so I grew up with the choir, Great St. Paul Concert Choir, very popular around the city, and um, that's where we had our first Sunday night musicals, which was very popular around that time. And that's where my um, my Mima played a heavy hand in that because she could play, she could, she was a musician singer all those things so a lot happened on that corner 911 g um and is it funny how all those dots connect how zion methodist had the church and then uh saint paul had it and then bishop and mother and how uh my grandma gladys knew them that's actually news to me because i figured that they were connected in the faith community but not necessarily like connected like affiliated with each other yes yes like, I figured they just knew each other because y'all was married and stuff. <laughs> nope. And she was she was one of the originators of the Pentecostal prayer band. Really? Yes. Grandma yes. Gladys? Yes, Gladys. Yes. yes. Well, see, yes. I'm telling y'all, I come from some really, really good stock. Yes, you do. Yes, yes. So I don't have a choice but to be successful in ministry. I am declaring that I am, we all are all successful right. in ministry. Decree and declare. Decree and declare. So know your family's history and tap into it. Mm -hmm. I am. 
it's important that you know your family's history because a lot of things come from your family history. It is not unusual for us. You see how we all come together, six degrees of separation. My parents went to school with Pastor Hall's brothers and sisters. Just sisters. Six degrees of, I, excuse me, and, he's the And yeah, her oldest, the her and oldest. My, yes, go old, ahead. Or, or <laughs> if, if I can, because it just popped into my head. Her oldest, which is the uh, older brother, uh, Uncle Junior. Uncle Junior. Yes, Sylvester. Sylvester Smith. Yes. Actually dated my oldest sister Harriet. Yes. So it's crazy. So it's it's funny how things wind up. It is funny how things wind up, and it's so funny how small Vegas is. Yes, it it's is. It's a small big city. And then the the funny story for uh, Paulette and Caruth, my aunt Angela and Uncle Carl were members of St. Paul. And one Friday evening, they came home, and I was there, and I was kicked back doing whatever I do. And they were like, Paulette, we got somebody who's going to put you in check. You need to come meet him. Not put you in check. Put me in check, girl. Kick we were just back. teenagers. And I was like, okay, I'll go say. And here we are. <laughs> Dang. Jordan, yes. she said, she said kick back. <laughs> kick back, doing what I do. It, yes, yes, yes. It's a shame ain't no more love connections in church like it used to be. <laughs> so ain't nobody married. Here we are. Uh, so. Wow, that sounds like another topic. How That's fun, another topic fun. right there. Right. Why Why aren't you married? Rim ching, oh, okay. if okay. I had the sound effects, rim ching. So um, let's unpack this, nepotism in the church. Um, one question that I would have for my daddy, and also my mama, you were married into the whole clan. What was, um, or even uh, with Grandma Gladys, Yes. Being her granddaughter. Uh-huh. And you maybe you can speak from the twelve. That's my granny and her siblings. Like what what was so hard about being a pastor's kid? Or like to my daddy, what was so hard about being a pastor's kid and what would you say if we could ask Granny what was hard about being the child of somebody so great and powerful in ministry? Because so many times people feel like um, pastor's kids should act and look a certain way. Right. Um, from your perspective, from your point of view, because people rarely ask us how we feel. We're PKs too, me and Jordan. Mm-hmm. Rarely ask us how we feel. What would you say, especially growing up in the time that y'all grew up, which is a little more traditional than us? There was a little more uh, of a box rather than how me and Jordan have a little more freedoms now living in uh, this time and era. What was hard about, what is hard about being a PK? Well, me personally, um, growing up in the ministry, uh, growing up, we were always told, if you don't go to church on Sunday, you can't go to mama's house for Sunday dinner. Well, as that came along, the 12 had to be at church when the doors open and when the doors closed and when we came along as their children, we didn't necessarily have that responsibility because they felt like, because every time the doors open, I have to be there. I'm not going to do my kids like that. So here we are today. It was, we was raised that way. And what does the Bible say? Raise a child in the way it should go and it won't depart from it. And I may be getting off the subject a little bit, but it speaks to the church and how we as quote unquote church children grow up and how we grow our children up. And then Pastor, I'll go ahead and talk about nepotism, please. Or no. Well, well it's like with the question though, what's hard about being mm-hmm. a kid a pastor's kid? Well, you have to look at uh the important word that you said in your uh lead in was the word scrutiny. When you when you're a preacher's kid you people judge you on the uh, level of salvation that the pastor that the, or in this case that your your parents have in other words if you in my in my case well in both of our cases when you come from spiritually powerful people there are people who who believe that the child that it should the oil as we like to say 
and when we use these phrases that kills me nowadays, the oil drips from the head. So when the oil drips from uh, the spiritually powerful parent or parents, that they expect that same type of spiritual anointing to be on that that child. They expect a certain level of uh, adherence to the same level of uh, spiritual walk as the uh, parent, which is unfair because at the end of the day, we all have to work out our own soul salvation. Mm -hmm. Amen. That's and right. when you lift somebody up to that level, it's, it's hard. It's hard to to um, to to really walk in that. If, if I'm making any sense right now, it's hard to walk in those shoes. I've always said this: that um, as I have become a pastor, pre uh, preceding my father. I, I say to uh, a lot of people that it's hard coming after Wyatt Earp. <laughs> mm -hmm. And and if you, if you know anything shoes. about Wyatt Earp, that he is a, he was a legendary law enforcer. Uh, more there's more legend to his actual abilities that that has uh, come out through throughout history. So I've always said that it's hard being the sheriff who came after Wyatt Earp, Earp at Tombstone or Dodge City. So it, it's hard to come after a spiritually powerful person. But again, in respect to the, the, the uh, word scrutiny, you are on under a microscope. That's why a lot of PKs uh, end up, a lot of them, if, if we were to really think about it, a lot of them end up not even being in the church anymore mm -hmm. because they can't live up to what is expected of them, which is important. And, and I'll say this, and then, then we, could, we could keep, keep going. I don't want to take up all the time. But what I'll, I'll say this because um, uh, a lot of times uh, with, with that scrutiny and getting out, um, there, there are, 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 I should say, a necessity. That's where I'm trying to go. It's a necessity that, uh, that, that you actually be saved and that you have uh, parents who, who lived the life outside of the church so that that salvation was spilling to your life that when you get to a, a certain point that you can actually um, live accordingly to, to the will of God, that that scrutiny that you were under uh, becomes more a part of your life mm -hmm. and that, that you'll be able to stay in the church. But there is uh, a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure. In short, and saying all of that, there is a lot of pressure in being uh, a, a preacher's kid. So I would say those of you who have some sort of criticism of pastor's kids, I'm just giving you insight. There's a lot of pressure that those, those uh, pastor's kids uh, go through. And as we'll get to, uh, when that pastor is elevated, which my father was the bishop, that's the more uh, uh, increased, increased scrutiny that, that you're going. So it goes from the, right. it goes out of the local church, and it now it national. goes into the whole national and, the, and what we have, a the uh, jurisdiction. So it spreads out. So now you have multiple churches, uh, multiple memberships who look at you uh, uh, as opposed to just that one a body of uh, congregation that, that you are uh, growing up in. So I'll say that. So, so it becomes tough. And if you're not familiar with the Church of God in Christ, um, being a bishop is the highest ordinance in the church. Mm -hmm. So it could go from you being a, um, a pastor to all of a sudden being a king. Just kind of, and there's the whole protocol, but it's seem, seemingly almost overnight because they, they have to vote you in. There is this big to do, like there's a banquet to um, usher you, like an inaugural bank banquet. It's like being uh, voted in as a president. It's a lot to it. And um, it's a shame that because that person is elevated, the children sometimes are held to the same um, standard and accountability as that person when that's not even their call or their gift. Which leads me into like, should a first family, should first family members be obligated 
to work in the church just because their their parents are so high up in ministry. Like say that's not even the the path that I want to take. Maybe I don't want to work in church. Am I wrong for that? Should I be obligated to do it because that's their uh calling? And also um to to those that don't want to be in church anymore or maybe live a life that's not seemingly of God, some people um, may not be saved, but their parents are pastors and things like that. Does it take away from their pastor or from their parents' call or their gift? Because some people, I've seen that before, where they judge the parents based on how the uh, child is living. But I don't think that's fair because I'm trying to, I, that's not my gift. That's not my call. I'm trying to live my life how I want to. Why am I obligated to look like them? You almost kind of lose your identity. No, is that, am I reaching? Or is that like, do you agree? Or what do you think no, on that? No, that's, uh, well, I, I, I said a whole lot. Go, go, go ahead, go ahead, hon. Or you can go first. I think um, it could be a combination of you wanting to live up to your parents so you go that direction even if it's not your heart you want to do what they do you want to be like them and you want people to see you like them and that is a double-edged sword because if it is not your calling to be in the ministry in a certain capacity and you do it because that's what my parents do you're doing the ministry a disservice Mm -hmm. because you're blocking the way for somebody who is competent and called to do the job. Uh, Nepotism uh, most times come because our parents, and I'm not picking anybody out, I'm just saying, I'm reading, uh, the people in charge have a tendency to elevate kinship because it's comfortable, because they trust. They don't know other people, so they promote kinship. Yeah, because it works in their mind to their advantage because they can trust them. But it's a disservice and it's something that needs to be, for lack of a better word, unpacked. We need to be considerate in leadership to not lean towards, this is my child. Do you think it should work as a monarchy though? How you have the, um, like, you know what I mean? How you have like Queen Elizabeth And her mm, sons are the prince. Right. Absolutely Should not. Should it work that way? Absolutely no, not. No, no, because uh, historically, that's what the Kennedys, that's what Joseph uh, Kennedy Sr., what he had in mind as a, a monarch in this country. Now, the Kennedys are the closest thing that we do have to a dynasty, uh, to a monarch in this country. His whole uh, ambition was to start from the oldest son who was killed, Joseph Jr., and uh, really, he had three. It was Joseph Jr., the, the other daughter, the one of the eldest daughter that, that escapes my mind right now, and of course, uh, JFK. And uh, he, those three specifically, he had plans for. The two sons, uh, more to the point, Joseph Jr. was the one, he was the chosen one to be a king, if you will, after uh, Joseph Sr., messed up in his appeasement of, <laughs> of Hitler during uh, uh, the lead up to uh, Hitler really blitzkrieging uh, Europe. Uh, he basically said everything was all right. But he, uh, his whole point, and my point I'm making here as far as monarchs, his whole point was to have the Kennedy name and the Kennedys to take over uh, from Jump Street. In the church, in the church, uh, I, I agree with what uh, uh, Paulette was saying, was that, uh, and she was alluding to it and actually saying it, that you, you have to, there should be a qualification. If you're not qualified to do that position uh, within the ministry, then you shouldn't be doing it. You really shouldn't. Because, That's true. Because you are, you are uh, doing a disservice to, uh, to the actual um, <laughs> You, you are doing a total disservice to the actual ministry. So I would say, <laughs> just, just in short, uh, that, that no, you, sh- you should be qualified. I totally agree. I don't think that the first family 
should be obligated to work in the church. I really don't because, um, like I said, you want to have your own identity. I've had people tell me, you're a pastor's daughter, so you're supposed to uh, be a certain way. No, I'm supposed to be Sharika because my daddy being a pastor, my mama a first lady, that wasn't the call that that was for me. That's not what God called me for. You know, so I don't think first family should be obligated. It also, it can cause friction within the church too. When you see so many, uh, so much of the first family with their hands and doing in so many parts of the church, it can have the tendency to cause problems that will go back to nepotism. Oh, you only, and then, and then that goes to people questioning people's anointing too. Yes. You're only up there because your daddy, this and that you don't have. And people think that they can just gauge folks oil that wears me thin. Right. You right. don't have no oil. You only up there because your daddy is this and that, or your grandfather is this or that person. Your grandmother was that person. That's why I don't think we should be obligated. I think it should be a choice just to avoid that whole argument or well, uh, conversation. And, and, you know, just to, just to tap into, uh, the history and those of you who don't know may have uh, my daddy's a history buff i love it <laughs> that when when john f kennedy he made his brother the attorney general now it didn't i know we have hindsight and we romanticize uh, robert kennedy but that that decision wasn't really uh welcomed a whole wholeheartedly in this country when he made his brother but the thing about that his brother was actually, you can argue the point that he was qualified. That goes back to what I'm saying. Into the church, you have to be qualified. I have, a, a, as a pastor, a mentor that, that, I, that, that really has been an inspiration to me. He did not allow his daughter to be over the financial uh, department at his church until she got her degree. He just didn't put her over that. Because she was it. his uh, daughter. Make sure she, she was qualified it. for it. And, and not only did she get her qualifications, but she had to be a point, uh, voted in. He allowed, he, he let, allowed the people uh, that's, that's in the higher-ups and officials in his ministry to uh, uh, allow her to take that job. In other words, she had to put in the application just like anybody else. So, again, I, I don't think I, I am a proponent of of uh, hiring the most qualified person, I don't believe by birth you should uh, be allowed such luxuries. Right. It, it, see what well, these these historical things come to mind. John Adams, the five uh, tenets of of uh, of uh, uh, popularity, just say like as it of uh, society. I the the actual term is eluding me right now. But he, part of what his five tenets were, was birth, birth and, and uh, beauty, part of, of the five. But here, I don't think that uh, arist uh, uh, aristocracy, that's it. Ah, hey, I, I, I said I know history. Well. That's where it comes, aristocracy, the five pillars of aristocracy, that's it, John Adams. If you don't know what I'm talking about, please, by all means, Google that. But, but, one of the, but uh, two of the five that comes to my mind is birth and uh beauty and he said that that along with uh one more uh wealth those three if you have one of those three of the five another one was was virtue and and intellect if you have the first three which is beauty uh birth and wealth if you have any of those first three then you are guaranteed to really make it is what he said but his whole point was why not the other two virtue and intellect what i'm saying is that you should not be automatically put into a place that you are not qualified for because of uh, your who your parent was. I, as a pastor, and, and I know there's people who know our story, will say, well, your father uh, was bishop and pastor, and now you're pastor. No, I never sought out that position, and I want to tell anybody who's hearing this right now, I was voted in by the people. I was not given that. I was voted in by the people for that particular, for the position that I now hold as pastor. I didn't seek it. I didn't even want it. Uh, but it was given to me. The Lord had to really deal with me concerning pastoring, but it was uh, something that was I was voted into. 
So it was not uh, given and said that you are uh, Pastor Caruth Hall, senior son, therefore you should pastor. So again, just to say it all that to say this, I don't believe that you should be handed something because of birth. No, because and then that sparks a conflict of interest, too, in church when you have so many family members working in areas of administration, especially finances, that can spark a conflict of interest. And we, we just have to be so careful with things um, dealing with the church, especially like uh, pastor's kids. And I always wondered, like, why is it that if a if a another double standard, if a pastor's kid does something, um, why is that highlighted more so than a lay member doing something? For example, um, having kids and you know, they're not married yet. Why is that a big? Why would that be a bigger issue for a pastor's kid opposed to a lay member? Like, why why are we held? to such a high standard or why aren't we allowed to make mistakes? And if we do make a mistake, it's like the end all be all. And now it's a bad reflection on our parents. And now the church thinks our parents are terrible and wicked because you can't keep your kids in order. You know what I mean? I know how people, that's how some people and, think. And wicked might be a stretch, but well, you know, I I'm, will uh, say, extra. I will <laughs> say this. It is um, an issue because the leader is speaking on a heightened platform, looking down on the members, and I'm trying to give you all a visual, um, telling people, this is what you need to do. This is how you need to live. And your kids live in your house, and they're not doing it. That, what's, that is what makes it uh, more egregious than your lay members doing it, because how dare you tell me what to do, and you can't even keep your own kids in check. Right. So mm -hmm. that's why it would be more egregious than exactly. a lay member. Exactly. But Which, if you want, if we want, if you, excuse me, if we can even go that far, if I am the shepherd of this church as a pastor and you all are my sheep, if we can look at it like that, aren't you all my children? Am I not everybody's covering? So shouldn't it be like a blanketed thought process? If I'm like leading and covering you all, including my children, this should be blanketed. You should look at them their um their sin whatever they do wrong it should be viewed the same as your child if you are trusting me to be your shepherd your covering and your flock no. within the church walls in a perfect world right. it would yeah. be that right. way right but remember and keep in mind you put yourselves in the shoes of your lay members again and you trying to tell me how to live my life and you are trying to correct me or redirect me and your kids live in the same house with you, and they're not doing any better. Help me understand that, Pastor. Right, mm -hmm. and and that's you, you just hit it right on the right on the head there. How how can you preach to me about salvation and living right when your whole household is in chaos? So you. But does that take anything away from the pastor, like his gift and his anointing and his abilities? And then that goes back to. We all have to work out our own soul salvation. salvation. Yeah. So that pastor, although he's your leader, he's human just like you're human. So then you have to give him or provide him, extend to him the same grace that you want extended to you. And, and why do we dehumanize our pastors and their kids? Right. Like why is a bit, why do we dehumanize a, a bishop? Like, why are they looked at almost, and we have to be careful with that as believers, um, it almost, we almost dipping into idolatry a little bit, because you looking at them almost as, like you holding them on this and that, high pedestal, and, that and goes you don't back dehumanize to them. We visual, mm -hmm. they are elevated, we elevate them on these platforms, and we have them above us, and that will share with Pastor Hall somebody's perspective, you have them elevated above you on these platforms and they're looking down on you and it could be a psychological thing so that they are better than me. They should be better than me. They shouldn't do the things I do because they're elevated and they're not like me in this low form. Mm -hmm. They are elevated above me so I expect more from them and they don't have a right to be like me because they're elevated. 
Well, that, that goes to um, just uh, just to backtrack just a little bit to to your first uh, comment as far as the same uh, oil and 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 things of that nature, the same anointing. If you if you look in the Bible, uh, <laughs> it just jumps out of my uh, off the top of my head. Samuel was a priest, prophet, and judge. His family was just scandalous. I mean, they were mm. really ratchet. And he didn't do anything about it, but yet, <laughs> yes, Ratchet. But yet he still, yet he still had a high level of anointing. Yes, he was still able to do all the things that God had bestowed on him in ministry and leading of the people. But what 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 we get caught up in is the respect level. For instance, we as president. Uh, we expect our presidents, and I'm not going to get political here because some of you yeah, already please know. Please don't. I'm not ready for that. Have but, <laughs> but, but, but my point that I'm making with that is we expect a certain level of, uh, of quorum, decorum from our presidents. So we, we respect them because we respect the office. So we expect a whole lot out of that, that office. Now, with, with, with the pastor, uh, you expect that there's a whole level of... Uh, of, of uh, uh, you know, respect going that you want to, uh, you know, hold them up to a, a high standard. So I think people distort um, that respect with uh, <laughs> uh, adulation. And, and like, like you were talking about, um, you get into almost like a Jim Jones situation to where people uh, lift up that leader. They, they begin to distort respect for that leader and that leader uh and that's certainly in that case uh gets gets a more of a uh demagogic uh, demagogic or uh more of a deity feeling of themselves because mm -hmm. they are held up to a high a high level yeah look it up jordan <laughs> demagogue that's the only people demagogic. um look it up sir. when i've had people talk to me about my Meemaw and Peepaw more so Peepaw because he could, he was able to interpret dreams. He was, um, he could probably was not a prophet, but he operated in the prophetic. There's a difference there. Um, people, when people talk about him to me, they make him almost like this mystical person. Like right. he was like almost like he could float. Mm -hmm. And I made it a point to, Look at him when he passed. I did not grieve uh, for him as a bishop. I didn't grieve for him as a pastor. I grieved for him as a as my grandfather. I always made it a point to make sure I looked at him as a man, human, so that I would not tap into that um, that pedestal. Because if you put somebody so high up on a pedestal, like uh, pastors' kids. You put them so high up on the pedestal, the slightest mistake will almost shake your face because you have so much into this person. And mm -hmm. I think that people really, really need to get out of that, realize that PKs, bishops, kids, whatever, are human. And it may seem like nepotism, but sometimes they're qualified, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes they are qualified. And and to uh, putting people on pedestals, we have to be so careful because if God doesn't have a respect of person, we also have to be careful not to get caught into the respect of person. And so let's also tap into nepotism in business. Like with Grandma Gladys, like I said, she was a um, a business owner. She was a beautician. Her daughter, my Aunt Angela, shout out to her, did hair, did great hair. My cousin Tiffany does hair, um, just to name a few because they are, like, still uh, working in hair right now. And she also now. owned a restaurant. And she owned a restaurant. Mm -hmm. um, do you think that um, that nepotism even played a part there with, like, Angela in the shop? Because then no. she, she took over eventually, didn't and she? And there was no nepotism. You have to go to school. Mm -hmm. and pass tests to be a cosmetologist. Do you feel like Angela op felt yes. obligated to do hair because uh, Grandma Glass was she so was great? Qualified. Sometimes when you see your parents successful, it's okay to want to be 
as successful doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's a gift, cosmetology, and most of Gladys's kids and grandkids have the gift of cosmetology. I mean, I can curl my hair. I can I can flat I mean, I can iron some hair. I can do something. Ooh, something. I can flat iron some hair. Yes, after Tiffany does my hair, I can come home and redo it. I got a little in me. Back to the subject, guys. Um, <laughs> she just totally went off the rails. Sometimes it is valid. So we can't say you can't follow in your parents' footsteps. You can't be like your family because mm-hmm. sometimes it's ingrained in you. And if you're watching your parents closely or what have you, you learn and you grow and you can develop into what they did and be successful. It's not unusual. So it can be done. We just have to be careful how we do it. That's that's good. Oh, girl. What we're, um, as we are wow. getting closer to the close. That's unbelievable. Right yeah. What was, mm-hmm. uh, what are some frustrations that you had, uh, daddy being first a pastor's kid and then people transitioning into a bishop? What were some of your, uh, frustrations, frustrations, for example, with mine, it irritates me to no end that whole, um, you know, you, uh, you're a pastor's daughter, so you should be up there like singing at the church and leading worship, this and that. But what if I don't feel like singing? Like, what if that's not what I want to do? And I remember when, I remember you telling me a story when, um, Paul started St. Paul, how I think you said Jean and Harriet didn't want to leave upper room. Right. Cause that's where they, were they so wrong for that though? Well, they were at, even though they, they were younger, um, I believe they were in their uh, early teens, but they were comfortable uh, where they were because of um, friends, their friends were there, they were involved in youth activities uh, there, so they didn't want to go somewhere where they had to start all over. It's almost like when you uh have made friends at a school and then your parents if your parent moves away you know and then now you got to go to a new school and make new friends you have to start over and you have to reestablish yourself so they had that 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 sort of uh mindset uh about uh going over but um the thing about in the church is that you can i tell you this you can say you can want to do certain activities in the church, but when you're dealing with God, you, he, he calls you and he qualifies you. If that's not your ministry that the Lord has called you to do, at some point the Lord will pull, pull the plug on your nonsense. Sure will. He will pull the plug on your nonsense to let you know that's not what I called you to do. Now, uh, with me, my, my uh, again, with, with my father being a preacher, I know the Lord called me to do this because I fought it. It's nothing that I, I, I set out to do. I didn't certainly pastor, but I, I wanted to, and, and those of you who don't know, I, I, I'm actually a musician. I wanted to just play and tour the world and rock on. But the Lord yes, had, <laughs> but the Lord, <laughs> yes, li- and living on the prayer. <laughs> on a steel horse I ride. Yes. Wanted, dead or alive. Oh, I can go on with that. I'm here for it. But I wanted to do all that stuff, and I see friends of mine who've made it in the music business, and even when I look at, at people who, who play and do all it for a living, I, it, it comes to my mind, and I ask the Lord, why didn't you allow me to do that? And the Lord always boomerangs me back. I called you to do what, what you're doing now. I called you to minister. So... I, it goes back to what, what we've been talking about <clears throat> on some, some uh, way, that you have to be qualified, that, uh, that you have to, uh, uh, you, sh- you shouldn't do anything that uh, just for uh, reasons other than, especially in the church, what I'm, I'm speaking to, uh, doing things in the church because it's expected of you, because your parent did it, you should never do that. Because in the end, you have to give an account unto the Lord. Period. And you want to be right in whatever whatever you do. And that's that. Period. Mm-hmm. Did you have, Mama, did you have any 
uh, frustrations, like being a part of a first family, because you were or are still, you've been there. Come on, Alicia. No, I would just direct everybody to art imitating life. Uh, Greenleaf is a perfect oh, example. Yeah. Oh, they come back oh, on the 23rd. Nepotism. Yeah. It's coming up. This is the last oh. season. Oh. And Oprah probably going to give me some money Period. for pr- promoting it here. But that's we'll a perfect example a of art imitating life. And that's all I have to say about that. It really is. And I just, I did not, being a part of a first family, just being transparent growing up, being going to a family church and being part of a first family, um, oh God, kind of made me want to be at a church where I was not related to the first family or the whole church did not know my name because all eyes are always on you. You are expected to do certain things because of who your family is. I remember somebody telling me before, you're so, um, I love you so much because you're so touchable, even though your grandfather Boy, is a bishop. I was that's like, a, that's almost ahead. like an assault about me. <laughs> I was like, I was like, but I'm just who I am. Think of a happy place. That's just who I am. Like, I'm not, I don't know. Jordan. Yeah. Did you have anything to say concerning like being, a first son. <laughs> <laughs> we love uh, Jordan. I mean. We do. It's just basically what y'all been saying already. It's just like. Sorry. I got an echo. Um, it's just. It's always. You feel like the eyes are always on you. You know. So you feel like you got to do. Act a certain way. Because you don't want to like. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Be. misrepresent the, the come family. on words i think that's a word misrepresent the family it, it is. Yeah, yeah that i think maybe that is was my frustration just being scared to misrepresent i wish jordan i had your personality mm. growing up jordan is like a ninja we don't know <laughs> he what he he's is. thinking when he's wow. coming when he's going what he's gonna do i think that if i had my brother's personality growing up in the as a member of a first family or being in my family's church if I had Jordan's mentality and personality just being reserved, more observational and not necessarily too involved, I probably would have had a better experience. But as the Lord would have it, I have many gifts and he uses me and uses I have like I have this creative. I am a creative, I have this creative personality where sometimes I enjoy being in things so. I think it's it was it's healthy for me to uh, visit my daddy's church and not be so involved because I don't want to be overwhelmed by that by my uh, childhood experiences because I'm not a grandchild I'm in the forefront I'm actually his child does that make sense Yes Yes This was good This is sure really was. good friends sure Did you guys have any well, Any late I, words? I would like to say he's a preacher, uh, so he's probably gonna close like 10 times. So yeah. We'll wait. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm just going th- This is my first. Cl- I mean, no, um, I just want to say that, and I want it to be known that a church is not a family business. I want first and say that it's That's not good. a family business, and it shouldn't be viewed as a family business. You are doing the work of the Lord. And whomever the Lord uh, puts into those positions, he certainly qualifies. But I, I, I want it to be uh, said, and I certainly want to be on record as, 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 uh, as I'm saying this, and a lot of things are coming to my mind. But nevertheless, the church is not a family business. It is a, a, you are in ministry to the Lord and that you should be qualified to hold positions within the ministry uh, to do those things, not because that you are a part of a family. And that, that's something that, that um, and I'll say this, that, that that's something that either, either is rooted out uh, at the get-go or the Lord is going to root it out. I'll just leave it at that. That's really good. Mama, you have any last words? No, I'll just say Uh thank you all for hearing (laughs) us. We had a good time. We love you, and God bless you. That's key. Jordan, do you have anything to say first, son? I was going to say we should do this again. 
with all all four of us. We should. I'm pretty sure there'll be a part two because I'm pretty sure there's some more um to talk about. But listeners, go easy on your pastor's kids. Please do. And the pastor's wife. And the pastor, especially Definitely. the pa- please do not do not, y'all. Please don't forget your first ladies. We love our pastors and our bishop, but understand behind every strong man there is a strong woman holding him Amen. up. So where he when you see him up there <laughs> strong and like giving word and really helping y'all out and being there for y'all, understand his wife is carrying that burden as well. Carrying the church on her shoulders because not only is she carrying him, yep. she's carrying the church. Yep. She's carrying y'all's worries. Yep. She's carrying y'all good and the bad because while he is going for she has to pray for him to cover you. And she's praying so, for every one of you. Praying for every one of you. So remember your first ladies. Remember y'all mamas. Remember the um, any female that is holding you up that has children or some type of covering. It is a lot. Not taking away from the men folk. <laughs> However, so many times first ladies are forgotten um, in the fold. So especially those that have more of a mild demeanor and not very uh, flamboyant, if I can say. Some of them are reserved. So remember them too as intercessors for sure. Yes. Um, so go easy on the first family. Um, nepotism is not always the case. Some of them actually are qualified to be in the positions that they have. Um, so, and if you have a, a problem, what does the Bible say? And you can correct me on that. Go to that person. Him only. Him and him alone. Mm-hmm. And don't make it a whole thing. Here and we are. And then if it's not successful, bring a witness. Two or three. Yes. Bring a witness. But first, go to him and him alone. Above all else, keep in mind. That your pastor, first lady, their kids, the first family are human. Stop holding them to these, um, un, what's what the words I'm looking for? Stop Standards holding them. that are not right. acceptable or exactly. not realistic. Yes, sir, that's what yeah, I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah. Stop holding them to unrealistic standards that you're not even holding yourself to. Right. That's not fair. It's a double standard. And let's just knock it off, friends. <laughs> <laughs> again that's cute period everybody period understand that we are all in the same boat in the same that's race God. running toward the same finish line and that is to hear the lord say well done thy good and faithful servant i liked it how uh dr naida parson put it at my Mimal's um her first celebration of life she had to her first celebration of life we want to hear the lord say well done not oh well you know, you don't want him to question your good doings and what you were doing here and him not knowing your name because you didn't like what the first family was doing, if we can stay on topic. So um, let's all stay in the same boat in the same race toward the same finish line. Let's all get to heaven together, friends. Amen. And Amen. so that has been all for this episode. Um, this is our longer episode, and I think it was good content. So until next time, it was great talking with you, friends. Bye.